This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Zach. Put your penis away. I'm trying to do our sponsorship. No, I need it to uh, be out. Never mind. Anyway. Well, I mean, previews are pretty much a train wreck. We can't seem to get through a performance without a raging fire or a raging hard on. I'm broke. I'm not sleeping like you know, at all. And uh, this play kind of starting to feel like a miniature deformed version of myself that just keeps following me around and like hitting me in the balls with a with like a tiny little hammer i'm sorry what was the question hey everybody i'm frank i'm zach and today we are doing birdman or or there's a second title a virtue i forgot the, the rest. unexpected virtue of ignorance that's the rest of it and I forgot to do, I was going to say, roll the credits of podcast, the only podcast that looks like a turkey with leukemia. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Zach. He says that in the movie. Yes. Uh, and today we're doing Birdman. Yeah. Dude, or! I'm, or! <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it's just a constant cycle of that. Um, so I forgot how much I liked this I, movie. I feel the same exact way. I haven't seen this movie since it got released in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was kind of like, wow. Yeah. There was a 2014 was like a great year for movies too. What else came out in 2014? Uh, Enemy. Ah, with a, yes. Uh, Whiplash. Yes. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> great year, cinema. Yep. Highlights. Mm-hmm. Um. So why don't you give us the rundown? All right. So Birdman came out in 2014. It was directed by someone I'm going to butcher the name of. It's uh, done by Michael uh, Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Chianti. <laughs> uh, it was done by Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu. Yeah, that's good. You oh, got fuck it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, you have Michael Keaton, your main guy in here, as Riggin. You have Emma Stone, who plays Sam, his daughter. You have Edward Norton in here, who plays Mike. You have Naomi Watts, who plays Leslie. Zach Galifianakis, who plays Jake. Uh, Amy Ryan's in it, not for a lot, but like she plays Sylvia, who is Riggins' ex-wife. Yeah. And then you have Andrea Riseborr, who plays Laura. And that's pretty much like the main cast for it. Like, there's a couple of like people here and there, but like these are your main bread and butter people. Yeah. Uh, and this is a movie about a washed up superhero actor who's trying to, he's like attempting to revive his fading career, uh, by writing, directing, and starring in a Broadway production. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in New York. Yes. And the place where Broadway's happen. Yes. <laughs> where all the broads and all the ways happen. <laughs> <laughs> there is no in between, just broads and ways. <laughs> um and kinda yeah, I mean that was kinda like one of the first things that I wanted to mention was I forgot how much I enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um I remember this movie came out when I was in college and this was kinda like right at like the cusp of when I was like really diving into films. Yeah. And I remember this one guy that I went to school with, he was like, Birdman sucked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? And I was like, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And he was like, he's like, it's so artsy and and it's all like metaphorical and it's just stupid. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that sounds like a movie that I like. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like my like kind of movie. I could get into And then this. I watched it and then I was like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. movie. Um, something that I didn't remember was that the entire film is one shot. Yeah, which is... The biggest praise I have for this film, because I didn't remember that either, and I I absolutely loved how it's all just, like, so close-knit, where you're basically following, like, one person at a time, like, going throughout the entirety of this play. Yeah. And 
it was just so cool because I I don't remember like a lot of movies doing that or at least not doing it for the entire film. Like they'll do it for like a scene or so. Yeah, because I, I remembered there being very long takes in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. like when I was thinking about it, I was like, I remember that there's really cool camera work in this movie and I remember really, really long takes. But it's just one really long yes. take. <laughs> like the only break that you kind of have is like from the first night to the next day. But they do that in a way too, where it's like it literally just pans up to the sky, and, and then you just and watch. then you just yeah. yeah, and it's like a fast forward of like night to day. Yeah, because it's really interesting that although like uh, nineteen seventeen was like all one one continuous um, take, mm-hmm. at least you know it's edited to to look, yeah, to that look way. like it, and you. The the thing about that is though that that you're you're with that character for that exact amount of time. Mm-hmm. This movie, time is jumping around while you're still all in one take. Yeah. So like, characters are like doing something over here, and then all of a sudden like you'll pan down, and then all of a sudden there's just an audience watching the Broadway play, and it's like oh now it's nighttime. Like before it was like afternoon, and now it's night. And it I thought it was like a really interesting way of like showing transitioning in time and where the transitioning in time is is happening like a Broadway production mm-hmm. like the camera's watching and then all of a sudden the curtain goes down and then the everything kind of just gets like moved around and shifted and then then you're back into the scene yeah that's kind of what happens in this movie like it's just so strange how you're watching a movie that feels like a Broadway play while that's what the film is yeah, about. Yeah, they're, they're working on their Broadway play. Yeah. And I think it's funny, too, because like they never actually like debut the actual play. It's all just the preview for it. I think the the fun, when he when he shoots his face, that's... No, that's the last preview. I thought that was the... No, 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 it wasn't. That was the... That, that was, was the opening that night. That was the opening night. Mm. Because that the the critic was there and mm-hmm. she and she wrote. She was like, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like... The coolest praise that I have for this film is, like, the one continuous shot because it it really gives you that idea that, like, you're almost the assistant and you're following each person around, like, trying to take care of, like, whatever needs they have. Yeah. And then getting to know each one in a very kind of, like, intimate way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, Mike is supposed to be kind of, like, this douchebag, like, rising star. And you get, like, these few, like, intimate moments where it's, like, he goes up on, like, the roof and, like, smokes the cigarette and has, like, a pretty intimate conversation with Sam um, just about, like, life in general and, like, how New York City kind of runs. And that one line of, like, him saying, like, you know, what would you do to me? And I was, like, I would take out your eyes and put them in my head and see the world like you do when I was yeah. your age. Yeah. And it's, like, wow, okay. Well, that's that's pretty um pretty deep for a guy who, like, just wants to fuck everything, but can't get it up, and also wants to like throw gin at people. <laughs> no, he's a he's a great character. Mm-hmm. He's a really good um, palate cleanser. Yeah, for this film, I think because everybody is so like, and by everybody, it's mostly just Reagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like really everybody's like really like kind of wound up really tight. Everybody, right? Like his his Zach Alphanakis character is like really really like always like on ten, and mm-hmm. he's just like ah. And then you know Reagan's like trying to make this his career, and and he's trying to like build it back up. So this is like everything to him. So everything matters. And again, he's really really wound up tight. And then the 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 daughter is really wound up tight because their relationship is kind of rocky. Mm-hmm. Then you have Michael comes in, and he's just like the I don't give a shit. Yeah, and he's just like I I care about this. But like at the end of the day, 
I'm awesome and uh, <laughs> I will steal the show from you. <laughs> and like he's like whatever. So like I find I find when when he comes in it's like it really is like I said like a nice palate cleanser of of like okay like we're not cuz the, the 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 pacing of this film is so fast. Yes. Like everything is just cranked up to 11 but, but it like works. in a, but in a but in a theater way. So and like the stakes aren't really that high, mm-hmm. but they feel like monumental because of the of where you are. Yeah, because like being in New York City, like it is always fast paced. So I think that was a perfect way to kind of be like, okay, like the movie's fast paced because everything's moving. Like the city that never sleeps, air quotes. Right. Like you got to keep moving, keep going until like basically the break of dawn. Yeah. And this movie does that in a really interesting way where. You, you get people constantly, like, walking and, like, just basically jogging to every scene. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, keep up with them and follow them. Yeah. It's like you're trying to catch your breath, mm-hmm. like, ev- in, like, every scene. You're, like, you're just, like, running a marathon. Yeah. Basically. I thought it was really cool, too, that this movie almost kind of mirrored Michael Keaton's career well, yeah, that, a that bit. was, like, something that I wanted to touch base on was, like, yeah, I mean, this literally was kind of, like, this was, like, the comeback for Michael Keaton. Yeah. Prior to this, like, he really wasn't doing much. He did Batman, and that's what everybody knew him for, and, like, he was a star beforehand, but Batman was literally that thing that kind of, like, halted him a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, he can only be Batman, really. <laughs> and then after that, he kind of just did, like, minor roles here and he there. He did Jack Frost. Where yeah. he was the snowman. <laughs> <laughs> the best movie. <laughs> I do remember that. You remember Jack Frost mm-hmm. where he becomes a snowman? What a classic. <laughs> what a classic. Um, yeah, so this was kind of like the revival of Michael Keaton's mm-hmm. career. And uh, and then now, My- Michael Keaton's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's in everything, and he's great. Yes. Um, I mean, there's the one scene where like he's literally yelling at the critic. And I I loved it because like he almost channeled like a Nicolas Cage vibe to him. You talking like, when he's in the bar? Yeah, where he's just like going crazy and kind of like going buggy eyed at her. Yeah. And I was like, man, like see this range that Michael Keaton has, and like people only remember him as Batman. <laughs> and it's like, look at what he can do. He can do so much more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it it was really cool to to kind of watch it because it's like. You're watching a guy who you know is a great actor because now he's been in like all these great movies in the past five or six years, and this was his comeback film. And mm-hmm. it's really kind of interesting to watch the comeback film. It's like watching John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then John Travolta fell off again, but <laughs> we, we we don't have to talk about well, that's that. That's okay. But he, like he that, his way back. Know, that was the comeback film, and it parallels him because again, like he was Batman, and he in this movie he played. A guy who was a superhero called Mm -hmm. Birdman, and then his career pretty much never really made anything else after that. Mm -hmm. Um, And now he's just trying so hard to do this play. I don't... There's one thing about this movie that I don't care about. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I kind of wish that this didn't happen. And it's kind of the the character of Sam. Yeah, Sam's kind of weird because, like, I love Emma Stone. I think she's a great actress. But do you like blonde-haired Emma Stone? No, no, Ginger. Ginger <laughs> Emma Stone all the way. And I don't know what it was, like maybe the camera like angles or something about this film. She looked much more buggy-eyed than Her she Her eyes were huge in yeah, this like, movie. She's so buggy-eyed in this film, and she's not that much in real life. Must have been like the uh, whatever uh, freaking like, focal length they were using or something. Yeah. But yeah, she 
does kind of play like this weird like mix between where it's like relevant and not relevant. Like it's more just so for this weird kind of like storyline of okay, Riggin was a bad dad. Like he wasn't really there. Okay, cool. And then you throw in like, oh, she was a junkie, and it's like, okay, well, nothing ever really like plays in with that other than like, oh, she smoked a joint. Yeah, which was like, like so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course, like hooking up with Mike. Which again, like it just I don't know, man. Like the her all of her scenes just felt kind of out of place for me. Well, the same thing too with the whole thing with Laura, where it's like, oh, like I'm pregnant, and then like joking and be yeah. like, oh, I'm not actually pregnant. It's like I don't. I didn't really need that. Like yeah. that was that was no addition to the story. Yeah. It kind of just sidelined the whole thing of Riggin like focusing super, super hard on trying to get this going. Right. Um one other thing that I think it didn't hinder it, but it was just kind of like it this weird like annoyance with it. Like how I mentioned that this movie came out in 2014, and so did Whiplash. And they have like this same kind of like Vibe. snare and beat drum like yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And it's cool. Like I think it's it's really fun, and it's like it's something that like no movie has really done besides Hand. But these two films came out like months apart, and I can't imagine like because I didn't see Whiplash in theaters. I saw only Birdman, and I can't imagine people that went to go see both weren't just kind of like, wow, this seems like way too familiar, way too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, like watching it, it's still fantastic. It's cool. It's cool though to like watch him uh, be like. When he's like walking down the street, and then all of a sudden, like you just see the actual guy yes, playing that, the drums. I was and I'm gonna like, mention right, that's that. pretty cool. Like that was such a cool, like small little scene to like really kind of like almost break the fourth wall with it. Yeah, where it's like this guy is literally doing the drum beat for the entire movie, <laughs> and he just throws him a couple of like coins for change. Like yeah. that was super cool. Yeah, um, and then you know. Obviously, we have to get into the discussion of, like, does Reagan have superpowers? You know what's fucking funny? Like, people actually believe that he has powers throughout the film. I don't think he does. What do you mean? Wait, so what do you mean that he has powers? Wait, what people do you mean? Like, I've I've talked to people that, like, actually believe that, like, throughout the film he has powers and, like, he's just kind of, like, hiding it. Okay. And I'm like, no, the powers are, like, a metaphor for, like, him having, like, this control over, like, films and being this celebrity and having, like, this larger-than-life ego, basically. Well, Birdman is his ego. Well, yes. Birdman is his, like, subconscious, mm-hmm. and he's, like, constantly battling with that. But I have a... In my opinion, I think he has powers. Really? I do. I don't think so. So, so it's interesting only because... The final shot mm-hmm. doesn't. The final shot, in my opinion, isn't worth anything if he doesn't actually have powers. See, I disagree. I think that he doesn't have powers, but it is a metaphor ending where it's literally like, okay, yes, he jumped, but. And Sam looks out the window and sees, like, down and then looks up and smiles. It's more of a metaphor of, like, okay, he kind of, like, rose back on top. I well yeah I, I agree with that yeah. but I still think he <laughs> well has then what powers. do you disagree no 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 because I I just think so look he when when he's alone mm-hmm. he's clear he's like doing stuff right yeah. he's like spinning things he's opening doors he's shutting off lights whatever he's turning on lights he's throwing things whatever it may be but is is interesting because almost every time that he has powers and then somebody like walks into the room it it does it 
it invalidates everything that just happened. Yeah. Like when he was having his tantrum and he was and he was throwing stuff all over the room with his, his like with his like telekinesis powers mm-hmm. and then Zach Alvanakis walks in and then he's like throwing things with his hands. So it's like okay, that was all just invalidated because now he's throwing things with his hands. Mm-hmm. Or when he's flying. Yeah. And and then he lands on the sidewalk and nobody around him notices and he walks right in through the door and then a taxi driver pulls up and is like, hey, you didn't pay me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that just, that invalidates that he was like flying. Mm-hmm. But the camera cuts at the at the end of the film before it can be invalidated with him flying. No, I, I agree. But I still so, feel like it's a, a metaphor for it. It's a metaphor, obviously. <laughs> but I think he's really, I think that this movie kind of takes place in like a, like a slanted reality. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a, not a completely, you know, like people are running around when, and flying. But I do kind of think that, that he actually might have powers. I don't know. Like I, I think just from me, like watching the entire film and seeing that, like you said, he got invalidated from every time that he used powers. It's... But it wasn't every time. That's the thing. It was. It, it was not every time because there there were scenes in which, again, when he was alone mm-hmm. and he was doing stuff, and then he just like continues. Well, yeah. Like and then, when he moved but to, like, but the... if anybody walks in on him or mm-hmm. if anybody sees him, then it gets invalidated. Mm-hmm. But there were scenes in which he did not. Nobody actually like witnessed anything happen, so he was just doing stuff. Yeah, like when he like moved the vase, the vase, and then when he's floating, the opening shot. Yeah, exactly. Like that but... doesn't that like that doesn't get invalidated. That's him just levitating there. True, but he could have just been sitting on a stool. He could have just been. didn't show it. <laughs> <laughs> right, he could have been. I don't know. For me, like it's still. It, I don't think that he has powers. I think it's all just like in his head and it's just like his form of like ego basically. I agree. I agree, but I like to believe that he definitely <laughs> has powers. I god damn it, it's still real to me. I mean, it's so cool when he's walking down the city when he finally gives in to his ego. Yeah. When he when he has his alcohol when you know, he like passes out on the sidewalk and then he's like, Fuck it, like whatever, mm-hmm. here we go. I, I it's opening day, I'm gonna I'm gonna fully commit to this thing. And I'm going to shoot myself on stage and just end my yeah. life. And it's like, I have nothing left to lose anymore. So whatever. And then you have Birdman, which is is him, mm-hmm. like floating behind him, talking to him. It's so good. It, you also get that one split second shot, too, where he's like right behind him and the, the wings flap up. Yeah, and yeah. it's just behind Riggin. It's so and good. It's, it's such a nice <laughs> shot. Even, too, like for a film that like that one scene only has like cgi and like all of the helicopters going into battle and like yeah, the yeah. giant like robot bird yeah like really well done for like just that one scene that they decided to add in cgi for yeah um and then yeah so you have like birdman just floating around and talking to him and and you and he's just like listening to him in his ear and he's finally like not telling him to shut the hell up mm-hmm. and and uh i remember watching the film and being like oh yeah he shoots himself <laughs> i know i didn't remember, I remember that. that too and and i remember when he's like he, when he finally like fully commits to it and he pulls out the gun that looks it's like a real gun this time mm-hmm. and he and he, you know he pulls out the, the clip the magazine and then you see a bullet in there and you're like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna blow his brains out on stage i didn't understand how he only shot his nose 
Yeah, I mean, he like, just—he's holding it straight to his temple. So I mean, like, maybe he flinched, like, because yeah, you know, he, he probably, got scared. He probably like <laughs> just had second thoughts at the end, but like, but realized, oh fuck, it's too late. Right. I liked the idea too—the one beforehand, the preview, where like, even though it was fucked up of him, like, getting his his coat stuck that's outside, so, that's so funny, and then though. having to walk around, yeah. like, him coming through yeah. was a really fun idea to like at least bring the audience involved and uh-huh. like coming up on stage to do it. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe in future plays they'll do that version <laughs> in his underwear. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, definitely like with him um, shooting hit off his nose, that was like a big thing where I was like, hmm, that didn't really match up. Yeah, uh, it's kind of strange. Yeah, but it was kind of cool too. Like at the end when he does take off the the medical tape and sees like his massive nose. Yeah, and then and I was kind of. And in my head, I remembered it being more bird-like, like more like beakish. Oh, really? And it just, and it isn't. It, he kind of no. he's got like a boxer's nose. Yeah, he's got like Squidward's nose. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, he's got like Squidward's nose. But like I, <laughs> I liked to where it was kind of the last like, hey, fuck off to Birdman. Yeah. Because now his ego is shattered from his nose and. Birdman is his ego. Right. So like he he no longer has him now. Right, because Birdman shows up mm-hmm. one final scene in, in the hospital bathroom yeah. sitting on the toilet and he kind of just ignores him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not fucking dealing with your shit anymore. I'm gonna go fly out the window instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so he does. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean honestly, man, like I really enjoyed this movie. I thought the music was great. I thought the the just like the rapid mm-hmm. pace of it was so enthralling and it really makes a movie that really could have been really boring Mm -hmm. made it way more fun um and just way more engaging yeah i just really honestly my only gripe with the film is just samantha's character like Mm -hmm. i just did not really care for any any of her scenes i just did not care about that's why i give it nine and a half michael keaton hair pieces (laughs) um i i last thing too i will say like zach alvanakis when he goes serious, Again, he's great. <laughs> that's the thing is like everybody because this was like high time of like him and like the hangover and everything. So it's like, oh, people just assume that like, oh, he's going to do like this over the top, like ridiculous comedy act. And when he does serious stuff, like it works. Yeah. And it, it was just enough of a balance in this film to like not make him over the top and stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. Cool. I completely agree. Well done, Frank. What would you like to recommend then? Well, it's been a while since I've recommended a musical. You act do it every sorts. week. No, I don't. Every I've been week. doing books. <laughs> I've been doing television shows. I've been doing every. I haven't recommended a movie or uh, an album in at least three or four weeks. You've never recommended walking. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, and I don't know which album I want to recommend because I got so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna recommend an album that nobody's gonna like. Okay. So um, I, is it Radiohead? <laughs> no, it's not Radiohead. Man. I love Radiohead. Um, it is a album that is so jarring and so different mm-hmm. and strange and weird that you really have to fully commit to it. Um, and it's by an artist named Ling- Lingua Ignota, and it's an album called Sinner Get Ready. And she makes, she sings, it's almost like opera, like opera. It's like mm-hmm. almost, it's, it's so, she has a great voice, mm-hmm. but her, her, um, her production is not for everybody. Uh, it's loud. It's abrasive. It's, um, it's just she does not make easily digestible albums. Mm-hmm. She does not make catchy albums. 
but she makes very poetic albums and she makes albums that where she actually went out to Pennsylvania and I think it's like kind of like where she grew up mm-hmm. and it's all about like this town that she grew up in and it's all about like religion and and it's just it's just like wild bizarre shit like she's literally like pleading to god in her songs about like i'm trying to kill somebody <laughs> why are you not killing him <laughs> i am sacrifice i'm making all of these sacrifices and he's still alive what else do i have to do mm-hmm. like and just stuff like that where again it's like it's like heavy shit and it's like somber like depressing stuff but Man, oh man, do I love it. <laughs> it's got like that weird range where you're kind of like, man, I I don't get it, but I love it. I, I mean, I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. It's just like, it's just not for everybody, but I, I, I don't know, like... For the for the eight people that listen to this, I I just I think that I would like to give her a little bit more recognition because I don't I don't know anybody who talks about her. Mm-hmm. So um, giving her a little bit of recognition and just saying like, hey, like ling- lingua ignota, try try center get ready, and if you like it, then maybe go back to her previous stuff. Her previous stuff is not nearly as strange and weird, but it's still really strange and weird. Um, but center get ready kind of feels like, hey, this is her at like her, this is her opus, you know, like mm-hmm. this is her. This is where she's at. So okay. um, I don't know. I recommend it. I think that uh, if you if you're into strange stuff and you you like challenging albums, you might give it a you might like it. Okay. So that's my recommendation. Wonderful, Zach. What are we doing? Well, for our discussion, we're going to be doing our top five favorite supporting characters in movies. Ah. ah. Stepping away from the main character. Who doesn't love a good side character? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Nice. Zach, take us out. I guess. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I don't exist.